What is cracking? Big dose. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Big dogs got to eat. You could see it plastered everywhere. The other thing that's plastered everywhere right now is COVID. COVID-19 has infiltrated the NFL. Okay. We're going to get into all that. We're going to get into the week four waiver wire targets. We got bunk bed breakdowns out very early this week on Monday, which we did a full game by game recap. So this live stream, which I'm usually doing on on Tuesday or Monday, I usually do like a full recap along with the waiver wires throughout. This is going to be more waiver focused because we already kind of did the recap. But since we got we got a whole lot to talk about when it comes to this COVID ship. So I tried to throw some graphics up in here and I tried to get all artistic and shit with it. So just bear with me if, if this stream is just wildly out of control, sort of like last night's stream. Shout out to anyone that streamed with us on Monday Night Football. That shit was fun as hell. We're probably going to start doing like one a month where we set them up like that um, when the exciting games happen, whether it's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Make sure to tweet at us and like leave a comment in this video what games you want to see us stream. And we'll try to do that. We had uh, Stevie One Chains come by, a special guest referee for the stream. It was a whole lot of fun. So shout out to anyone that joined us. Shout out to anyone that is, that is rolling in right now to join us. We're up to almost 300 people. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, we only have 17 thumbs up right now, though. Wildly disrespectful. The ratio there is not good. It's like a Penn State frat party. Throw a thumbs up if you're in here, baby, and you're ready to roll. Okay. Not really ready to talk about COVID, but we have to. Uh, this is this is what we know right now. This is these are the big facts of the situation at hand. We I want to make sure my mic is on. We're testing. We're testing. We're good. Yeah, we are cool because uh, because uh, yesterday I unfortunately watched the Podfather stream for about thirty minutes with his mic muted, and it was tough scene for him. Hilarious for anybody that was in the comment section and watching, but. Tough scene as a fellow content creator, you, you never like to see that happen. I've done that many, many times before where uh, where I film a full thing for like an hour long and I realize I wasn't recording or my mic wasn't on and I'm like, literally, fuck this. I'm deleting my YouTube channel. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm going back to work at fucking Home Depot. Okay, enough bullshit. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk that talk. So we have, I believe, three Tennessee Titans players tested positive for COVID. We have five personnel and staff. As of right now, a lot of things I'm sure are changing as you're watching this throughout Tuesday and into Wednesday, whenever you guys end up watching this. Uh, that is what we know. We have eight positives. They have shut down the team facilities as well as um, other teams are being notified that the games may be rescheduled. Okay. We don't know as of right now. I'll keep checking Twitter as I'm streaming to see if we get any new updates on if they're dropping the player names on who have them. Et cetera, et cetera. But right now, we don't actually know the the players. But the way you have to prepare, okay? So we have this tweet from Mr. Andy, thankfully. Jason Lacomforna said, The NFL has alerted the Vikings and Titans, their opponents for week four, that their games may be rescheduled. Titans, Steelers, Vikings, and Texans, okay? So Andy threw a just-in-case at the end there. The way you're going to have to prepare for this week is that you're not going to have those players. I have no fucking idea if they're going to play these games, but I know they are not opening up the facilities until Saturday at the earliest, and things could get very messy very quickly. 
uh, just for this week. You know, we saw the MLB hit with a, a big case, right? The Marlins got hit early into the season. And at that point, I was like, fucked. Like, as soon as that happened, I was like, football's not going to happen, huh? But we've controlled it pretty well. And up to this point, the NFL has done like a fantastic job containing it. But, you know, I guess it was kind of inevitable just because there's so many moving parts here, so much logistics behind this, so many players and, and just the the overall sheer number of people involved in the fucking process of getting an NFL team onto a field and a game happening is just it's too high for for something like this not to have happened. Unfortunately, it happened early on in the season. So you have to go into tomorrow's waiver wire preparing not to have players in again. The teams would be the Titans, the Steelers, the Vikings and the Texans. So you're looking at. Ryan Tannehill, you're looking at Jonu Smith, you're looking at Derrick Henry. Uh, some people would be playing Corey Davis, maybe A.J. Brown was going to be in the game for the Steelers. You have Big Ben, you have Juju, you have Deontay Johnson if he's back from concussion, maybe Eric Ebron, maybe Chase Claypool, James Conner. For the Vikings, you obviously got the big, literally two players on their team, but no, Kirk, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson, who I'm going to get into deeply in a minute. And then the Texans, you obviously have Deshaun Watson, you have Will Fuller, maybe Brandon Cooks, you have David Johnson. Um, so there's a lot of players to be weary of. And what's going to make this so difficult, what's going to make this so difficult is even if you opened IR COVID spots for these players for the year, right? Like in most of my season long leagues, we agreed to open up like 10 IR COVID spots. And a lot of the platforms, um, a lot of the platforms made sure that they adapted to it and they, they allowed this like IR COVID rule to open up so you could actually have specific players that have that designation fit into those spots but i don't think these players are going to get that leeway unless they're actually the ones testing positive so what this is going to do is probably flip the bye weeks of these teams if they do end up canceling the games again i don't know if it's going to happen but you have to prepare like it is because if you don't prepare like it is and then it does happen you're gonna be sitting there with like fucking duds in your lineup uh, and what makes it difficult is you're probably not going to be able to put these guys on the IR, okay? You're probably not going to be able to put the guys on the IR um, because they're not in the COVID IR, right? They're not on COVID IR. So they're going to have to sit on your bench and you're going to have to get fill-ins for them that you weren't preparing for onto your roster. So hopefully you expanded your roster. Like for E-Town Get Down, we expanded our roster to 20 active roster spots and we added the IR spots. Um, that was something you should have handled preseason before the season started. Uh, and if you didn't, you're going to be in a world of hurt. You're probably going to have to drop some questionable borderline guys. If all four of these games get, can or these two games get canceled, all four of the teams can't play this weekend. And there's a lot of speculation of how they're going to move the games, who's going to play when, and I'm not going to get into that because I have no fucking idea what they're doing. I know, I think like most of them have week seven, eight buys, so maybe they can move the games to then. But again, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to try their hardest to make sure that the games happen this weekend and that everything can go as scheduled. But we saw the MLB get through this, and I think the NFL will be fine. But this has opened the floodgates, man. And this is what we were preparing for all season. So you have to know going into this waiver wire, you have to, have to, have to prepare as if you are not going to have these players for this week. And that fucking stinks. Let's talk about some pickups. Let's talk about some pickups. And most of them are coming by way of injury. Again, like I'm not going to get into every single player that you could possibly 
pick up because at the end of the day, wide receiver threes, flex plays, they're a dime a dozen on the waiver wire, and uh, anyone can fill in off the waiver wire and put you up like six to seven points. We're talking about the overarching story of the waiver wire for this week. And in my opinion, it comes by way of, of two different running backs. Okay, we have first Chris Carson getting injured. Motherfucker took his his leg and acted like he was running out of the store with it. He tried to do a, a little barrel roll as if it was like his baby and fucking run away with it. Says it wasn't dirty. Mike McCarthy, like, who the fuck are you fooling? They act like we don't got cameras everywhere to see what he did. The guy's a C word. I'm not going to drop the C word because I dropped it like 48 times on the stream last night. I'm trying to clean up my act for the children out there. Now. Chris, Car uh, Chris Carson gets hurt, and it's a minor knee sprain, apparently. A minor knee sprain, and we actually don't know if he's going to miss time. I think I've heard a few reports where he's likely to miss this week. And that sucks because they're playing against Miami. But, again, they're optimistic that it's not a serious injury, so they should have him back sooner or later. The thing that makes this a little bit tricky is they play Miami, and then they play Minnesota, and then they have a bye. So if he's going to be out for this week... There's a possibility that they sit him for the two weeks, get him that extra rest a week for the bye, and then have him back after that. Um, so that has to be considered when you're looking on the waiver wire for a guy like Carlos Hyde, right? We have Carlos Hyde, we have Travis Homer who fill in. And I think they're probably going to use the combination of them, but I don't even know how fucking valuable. You want to own pieces of the Seahawks offense, but Russell Wilson like doesn't let the running backs have value right now. And it's a testament to how beautiful the Seattle offense is running right now. Like, they don't get inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line, because Russ just throws touchdowns from outside of it. He's like, I'm not even going to give you a chance to, to pad your rushing stats in the fantasy aisle. So, realistically, that might be like some hyperbole, but it's actually happening, right? He's just throwing fucking daggers like a ninja from 40 yards out. It's a beautiful thing, but not for fantasy running backs. If you're choosing between the two, we can go back and look at how the game played out last week when Chris Carson went down, or just the, the game in general. By, by, by halftime, we can look at the snap counts. It was 21 to Chris Carson, 9 to Carlos Hyde, 6 to Travis Homer. So we were still getting a variety of snaps. By the end of the game, we had Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer playing on the same amount of snaps. Both played on 16 snaps. Um, Homer ran routes on 11 of the plays, and Hyde ran eight routes. So I think we'll see a combination of Carlos Hyde being the early, you know, this is, this is not fucking groundbreaking. This is not news to anybody. If I had to take one of them, it would certainly be Carlos Hyde. I think Travis Homer is probably worth rostering just given the fact that the Seattle offense is playing at a ridiculous, ridiculous level um, that you just want a piece of. If you weren't able to get Lockett or Metcalf, I mean, just I guess fucking throw something at Homer. So I, I would put a lot more on Carlos Hyde um, because, again, like this offense is so good that you don't know. Like, he could just luck into two, three touchdowns next week because this Seattle offense dictates those opportunities uh, as a possibility. So, Carlos Hyde is the guy you want to go for here. Um, but Travis Homer, if you're in a PPR league, is going to get some run on the team. And he's like a, he's a pretty good runner in itself. He's athletic. He's got size. He's someone that can be utilized, you know, from the slot, out of the, out of the, uh, the backfield as a passing back, and, and run the ball. He's got speed and everything. So, uh, I think both are worth rostering, but I would, I would put Carlos Hyde ahead of him. Both San Francisco 49ers, all three of them are worth rostering at this point as well. You have Jeffrey Wilson, um, you know, kind of lucking his way into a huge fantasy day last week. And mainly thanks to Raheem Mostert's out with his MCL sprain. And now you have McKinnon dealing with a rib injury. Though it's not expected to be serious at all. Um, I would say that's 50-50, probably better odds that he'll end up suiting up in week four. But uh, as usual, let me get this tweet up for y'all. 
Let me save it. As usual, uh, Twitter said it best. I can't even read this. There you go. Uh, so Jeff Wilson walked into a couple touchdowns on Sunday. Sunday, 1.7 yards for carry, but McKinnon doubled his snaps, tripled his routes. They get the ferocious front seven of the Philadelphia Eagles in week four. For what it's worth, eight of Wilson's 15 touches occurred on the team's final drive while leading 29-9. to McKinnon had one touch in the final quarter, and his 17 touches yesterday were his most since week 11 of 2017. As you can see, McKinnon outsnapped him, outtouched him, out everythinged him. And uh, McKinnon is obviously the better back in this backfield. But this backfield just produces at such a high level for fantasy running backs that Wilson is absolutely worth rostering given the health of this uh, of this backfield. And I don't know if we've had any like real updates on Raheem Mostert's knee. Uh, I believe this was supposed to be like a two to four week injury. We've seen guys with the same injury return um, return in two weeks, and we've seen some in three weeks. So we'll have to keep a close eye on that. If I, I'm not even going to try to be guessed, to be honest with you. It says Raheem Mostert and George Kittle will be evaluated on Wednesday to determine the status for their game. So he seems like someone who's kind of going to be limited throughout and then maybe like a game time decision. Um, if all three of them suit up, then Jeff Wilson probably has very, very, very little value in this game, especially it's probably a game where he's going to average like two and a half yards per carry. So Wilson is uh, he's a he's a good flex play. If one of the two running backs sits, he is kind of unstartable if um, if all three of them are playing, but worth worth picking up. Any of these guys are worth picking up at this point. I don't know. Jer- Jarek McKinnon is definitely not available on your waiver wire, but if for some fucking reason he is. Same thing with Darrell Henderson, who looked fantastic. I actually made a move in E-Town Get Down last night. While while we were live streaming, one of my friends in the league, Joe, was in the live stream with us, and he was he was putting in the live chat. He was like, uh, Nick, I just sent you a trade. It's probably fucking terrible. And I looked at it. It wasn't terrible at all. It fit for my It fit my team perfectly. He offered me, because in, in E-Town Get Down, like, I kind of just nailed my wide receivers. It was like Lockett, McLaurin, Adam Thielen, um, Will Fuller, and I got D-Ball on the IR, and then I have Sanders and Eckler at running back, and that's really it. Like, behind them at running back, I have, like, James White, Zach Moss. Like, it's a shit show, and I was like, fuck, I need a running back real bad. So he sent me Darrell Henderson, Cam Akers, four, Justin Herbert. It's super flex league. I just picked up Herbert for Herbert, and... Tyler Higby, and I already have Travis Kelsey in my tight end spot. So for me, like I don't need those two guys. I don't need Higby, but I pr- I kind of needed Herbert as my quarterback three because behind Cam and Tannehill, I only have Dr- Jeff Driscoll, who's not going to be fucking playing anymore probably. I don't know if he's getting benched or not, but if he's not, Jeff Driscoll low-key streaming quarterback this week, um, despite how terrible he looked in, in week four, week three. Um, so here is what I'm thinking about with – um, sorry, fucking animal texted me, and then I start going on tangents. That, that like preface didn't even make sense to what I was talking about. So I traded those two away because I didn't really need them for Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. And Darrell Henderson's probably gonna pop the fuck off this week. Um, and I'm excited to have him as my running back three. So I'm gonna throw him into my flex. I'm, I'm very excited about the trade. Just thought I'd update you guys. Three and oh, first place in E Town get down. Everything about to be ruined by COVID, but I'm the de facto champion. If everything goes downhill from here. Talking about the Niners, though. As we said, Kittle's going to test his shit out. He'll probably be back soon. Debo coming off the IR this week, but it's probably more likely he plays in week five than he does in week four. Um, That's a much more realistic timetable. Unfortunately, like a guy like Debo is coming off such a long injury stretch. Like once he, he maybe he'll return to the field in week five. 
he'll probably get like 50% of the snaps or something. And then next week, maybe 70 and then like 90 after that. So it might really be like four weeks before you can even throw Debo into your lineup. And that means Brandon Ayuk needs to be a pickup this week, right? He basically did on Sunday against the Giants. I mean, like anyone can literally do whatever they want to the Giants, like a lawless fucking sex dungeon. Did whatever they wanted to against the Giants. And he did what like Debo, what we were expecting Debo to do this year, right? And um, it's because Shanahan just has a type, man. And I tweeted this out like in April. In 2019, Debo Samuel, number two among all NFL wide receivers in yak per reception. Number one in yak per rush. George Kittle, number two in yak per reception. Brandon Ayuk in the NCAA among 200 wide receivers. Number three in yak per reception. So Uncle Kyle got a type, as I said. And Brandon Ayuk fits that Debo Samuel role. Man, when this offense is at full steam, I'm like excited to see how it plays out between Debo, um, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Because I'd imagine like all of this is setting up to kind of just hide Jimmy G. And uh, Ayuk had a big game. So he went five for 70, led the team with eight targets. But more importantly, like, like Debo, got involved on the ground. Three for 31 and scored a touchdown. So a very, very big fantasy game for him. The, the thing with Ayuk, though, that I'm not... He's not my number one pickup this week because with Debo coming back, with Kittle coming back, like where does he actually fit into this offense other than like a really good real life playmaker? Fantasy wise, I don't see him getting more than like three to four, maybe five design touches uh, per week. So while I like Ayuk, I'll probably temper expectations. And that is because my expectations for this rookie, this other rookie, here is my number one pickup of the week. Justin fucking Jefferson bro JFJ uh I mean it, I guess it would depend on how your team is built if you're really desperate for running back maybe you target a hide above a Jefferson but if we're talking about like the reason I, I don't want to talk about like long-term wide or wide receiver three flex wide receivers like I can sit here and talk about like Cole Beasley and fucking Scotty Miller and things like that who I think are good pickups but like I'm, I'm I want guys who are really gonna move the needle for your team and Yo, I was so impressed with Justin Jefferson. I went back and watched the Minnesota game this morning before I got into this because obviously he put up the monster numbers. I'll tell you what what kind of vibes I got from J. Jeff watching that game. I got I got very, very big Terry McLaurin rookie vibes from Justin Jefferson after watching that performance that he had on Sunday. You add in elite college production you add in first round draft capital and you add in the fact that like this was the first time that they actually played Justin Jefferson in a full role in weeks one and two he was playing clearly behind Ola BC Johnson he had like half the snaps and half the routes run that Ola BC Johnson did and in week three they finally gave the keys to that wide receiver two role to Justin Jefferson he not only jumped OBC Johnson, but Chad Beebe jumped OBC Johnson too. And Justin Jefferson played on 78% of the snaps. He ran a route on 90% of Kirk Cousins' dropbacks. Now, again, like the athleticism of Justin Jefferson cannot be understated. He's got enough size to play on the outside and do it successfully. 4-4-3 speed at 6-1. Burst score, like you are going to be wildly impressed what you saw from Justin Jefferson if you go back and watch his game. Um, and like, it shouldn't be a surprise.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. because he was on the IR COVID list in the summer, right? So he missed a lot of the, he they didn't have a lot of time to get together to begin with physically as a rookie. And he missed more time because he was on the IR COVID list. He struggled for a little bit and that was his breakout party in week three. And now there's no looking back. There's no turning back. He finished the game, led the team with nine targets, seven for 175 and a touchdown. You could take away his big touchdown. You could take away, I think it was a 71 yard bomb. And he's still finishing with six catches over 100 yards. Um, Here are the things that I took away from watching the game. Kirk Cousins, almost every time he dropped back in this game, and if you're a Vikings fan, you could probably concur with me on this. Almost every time he dropped back, Justin Jefferson was his first read. It was weird, bro, because usually you get that with Thielen, but he was looking at Jefferson. And Thielen, Thielen caught three balls. Uh, one of them was a design screen. One of them was a broken play. Like he was really not looking at Thielen at all. He had one deep shot to Thielen where he saw him in on a one-on-one, but otherwise those like seven, eight, 15 yard targets all went to Jefferson. He was the first read and it was crazy, man. And I don't really need to say anything else other than this tweet, which I put out this morning. Make sure you are following me on the Twitter at Nick underscore BDGE. Justin Jefferson, the third youngest receiver ever to have 175 or more receiving yards in a game in totality it's been done by 515 receivers not 515 receivers but 515 instances of it happening juju was the youngest to ever do it mike evans was the second youngest and then you got mr justin jefferson the third youngest player to ever go over 175 receiving yards in a game Next up, Randy Moss. Juju also gets back in there at number six. I I was I'm re- I really was I really was blown away by Jefferson, man. I, I I don't have a lot of guys that like pop off uh, when I watch them on film, but Jefferson's game this week was like as impressive as I've seen in a long time, and that's why I'm excited about him because I legitimately think that um, that he could be like a needle mover for the rest of the season for you. I think that yeah, I should have listened to fuck I, a lot of you guys probably know Brett Coleman and you probably watch his uh his YouTube channel right he's really good breaking down film and um he's just awesome great YouTube channel go check him out if you haven't and he DMs me sometimes and we talk about fantasy and this is something he said back on August 24th uh he was talking about Justin Jefferson he was like make sure that you draft him everywhere as your wide receiver five I say this with full sincerity he'll be their wide receiver one by Thanksgiving he is that dude he is Keenan with better hands big fucking trust I should have listened to him then. I should have listened to him then. And now I'm regretting it. 
I'm regretting. I've been sending out offers for Justin Jefferson. I, I, I waited to tweet out some of the things I wanted to tweet out about him because I sent offers in Dynasty Leagues before I did it. And that's the problem with doing this fucking job is that ever like not everyone not everyone in my league watches my shit obviously i don't expect them to but some people do and i rarely ever get dudes that i like at value or when i send trades out like they're always assuming like oh nick's trying to fucking finagle me nick's trying to fucking score one under me you know what i mean i can never get good value on fucking trades typically typically shout out to snap for c-mac in the dynasty you can go fade me um so i wanted to wait because you know like they're all going to know I love Justin Jefferson now. Cat's out of the bag, and I can't fucking get him anywhere. God damn it. So I fucking hate doing this. But I don't hate Justin Jefferson, man. And I know, listen, in redraft, you're not going to feel good about throwing a rookie wide receiver into your lineup right away, but he needs to be a priority waiver wire pickup. And the Vikings passing schedule over the next, like, 10 or 11 weeks, someone want to do the math on that, is unbelievable. They get Houston. They get Seattle. Atlanta, a bye, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. Like the only semi-threatening defense on there is Chicago. Otherwise, it's fucking wheels up. Like every one of those teams is letting up a stupid amount of points. None of them are highly rated in PFF coverage grades. None of them are highly rated in terms of football outsiders, pass defense. Like this is a team where, you know, you can go out and buy Adam Thielen based on the schedule, but I really think some of the target share is going to start funneling over to Justin Jefferson. And I think if you can get him in redraft, if you can still get him, I would I, I would buy him high right now in, in Dynasty because he's only going to continue to get better and be a bigger part of this offense. So um, I've talked enough about Justin Jefferson. They just needed a second, a, a second piece of, of this offense to stop forcing funnel targets to Adam Thielen. As much as I love Thielen, like Justin Jefferson, man, Brett said it, big, big fucking trust, big trust. A lot more injuries on the front. Dallas Goddard has a fractured ankle. And this is going to be anywhere from like a four, five to eight, nine week return timetable. He's going to miss some time. That's what they said. Same shit, different year for the Eagles. You remember the second half of 2019? It was They didn't have Rager. There was no D-Jax. It was no Alshon. Now it's no Goddard. So wheels up for a high-end tight end one for Zach Ertz if you drafted him again you kind of lucked into it but here we fucking are disproving everybody again for the seventh year in a row uh this is great for Miles Sanders him and him and Ertz are probably gonna see 10 targets a game um Alshon Jeffrey should be back on the field practicing in a limited capacity but I'm really not about to tell you to, to do what you want with Alshon Jeffrey I'm not excited about him um and Deshaun Jackson obviously pulled the hamstring and we have no idea what the severity is they say it's not a big deal but like anytime Deshaun Jackson pulls a hamstring it's like fucking basically season ending at this point now Greg Ward is the kind of interesting pickup and I literally start this video off talking about how I don't want to waste my time on guys like Greg Ward but saw 11 targets on Sunday man 11 targets and when you look back at last year like he didn't get on the field for the Eagles until week 12 and then from week 12 to week 17 six games he saw games of seven targets seven targets nine targets nine targets um, they're extremely low a dot and like low efficiency targets, but like volume is king, I guess. Right. Some some shit like that. They say uh, Greg Ward, you could do worse than him because clearly he's got some chemistry with uh, Carson Wentz and there's just so banged up uh, on the weapon side of things. And then you have these other wide receivers. You have like Chase Claypool. If Deontay Johnson misses time, most more time, more times than not, we see um, players come back from concussions like within a week. So. I'm not going to say I expect Deontay Johnson to be on the field, but like if you're kind of like flipping a coin here and 
you can you can get excited about Chase Claypool. I guess he's looked he's looked pretty damn good, and um, he played a lot of snaps on Sunday, right? After Deontay Johnson left, snap counts: Chase Claypool sixty-one, Juju fifty-eight, James Washington forty-nine, and the God Ray Ray McLeod, a big whopping three. In your in your deep in your deep best ball dynasty leagues, make sure you get fucking Ray Ray. No, but for real, Chase Claypool, I guess, is like a stash. And, you know, you could look at Chase Claypool and you could look at like a T. Higgins and say, like, you know, why are you so excited about Justin Jefferson being this rookie who can have some upside and not Claypool and, and Higgins? But in my opinion, like neither of those guys actually have wide receiver two, um, wide receiver two upside in their offense. Justin Jefferson has the clear path. He is a wide receiver two right now. And I almost think he's going to be a one B by Brett said, like Thanksgiving. And Claypool, like if Deontay Johnson's healthy, he is not. It's Juju, Deontay, Claypool, like best case scenario. Um, and Cincy, yeah, I mean, maybe you can make the argument that Higgins is going to be. He's not over Boyd. He's not over AJ Green. Listen, I know AJ Green has not looked good, but we're not going to start seeing T. Higgins play over AJ Green. And uh, one of the reasons that we probably should have expected a down game from AJ Green is because of the the, the coverage of. Darius Slay, man. Now, Darius Slay has actually low-key been kind of lights out for Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to jump into, this is a tool that I've showed you before, but like the player profiler um, wide receiver cornerback matchups is like a super, super epic tool. And Green was going against Darius Slay this weekend, which pretty much should have told us to kind of fade him. And they usually, where was it? It was literally just here like two seconds ago. Um, I guess they're making some updates, but they had Darius Slay listed right here. They normally have the cornerback matchup for that week, and you can go back to like game logs and look at it. And Darius Slay has the fourth best coverage rating per player profile right now, right? Like most most of the time, you got to get the cornerback matchup shit via PFF, which is behind a paywall. But thankfully, uh, for player profiler, they have all the info here. So he's been very, 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 very good this year. Uh, AJ Green a tough matchup, and then Tyler Boyd is going against like. I don't even remember what that dude's name is. Nickel, Roby, Coleman, whatever. You know what cornerback I'm talking about. He's got, he's got like three first names, and you could like interchange them, and it's so fucking easy to mess up. Who has like the 110th best coverage rating on it? Um, and we should have expected a bigger game from Boyd. And, uh, you know, if, if Green is going, if Green is not who Green was, you know, if Green is not um, AJ Green anymore, and he's going against a guy who normally would be like a good matchup for him in Darius Slay, who's ranking out as a top five cornerback. Uh, he can't win that battle anymore. So you should expect the targets to be funneled elsewhere. So one of the things you should be checking when you're talking about wide receivers is the um, is the wide receiver cornerback matchups on player profiler, man. Um, a lot of the times when wide receiver ones take the heat off of, and that, this is also something that we're going to see with Justin Jefferson, like Jefferson's going to see a much more easier coverage against secondaries because Adam Thielen, like no teams are going to start covering Jefferson as, as if he's the one unless he really blows the fuck up, but they're going to be covering Thielen as the one and Jefferson is going to be the lighter coverage. So like, make sure that you check out player profiler and type in players, names and cornerbacks names to get like a realistic uh, point of view for where, um, for, you know, what, what type of matchups we're getting on a, on a week to week basis. Now we have, yeah. So we have, we have the rookies, man. I'm, I'm super excited about Jefferson. Claypool's fine. Um, T Higgins is fine. Cole Beasley has been low key, pretty good. And John Brown has the injury. Hey, let's see if we've got any updates on John Brown. Johnny. Stefan Diggs looks like he's taking a shit on everybody who faded him. Wasn't wasn't good. 
John Brown was held without a catch on two targets in the Bills. Week three win over the Rams, missing most of the second half with a calf injury. Let me search it on Twitter. On the Twitter. John Brown. Such was like you type in John Brown on Twitter and like 72 non-football related things. It's just too common of a name. John Brown, change your fucking name. I guess technically Smokey Brown, right? Um, now, nah, so nothing, no update on it, but the calf, calf is something to worry about. That's something that lingers. Uh, we saw rookie Gabriel Davis put up a pretty good line four for 84, but Cole Beasley is going to be super involved in the passing game, which is clicking on all cylinders. So he's, you know, wide receiver three ish flex play. Um, if you're, you know, housing a guy like John Brown who got hurt and, uh, you know, like I don't hate Andy Isabella, man. He looked really good in Christian Kirk's absence, but they just will not get this man on the field more. And Levit- uh, Adam Leviton kind of just like blew this up on Twitter and, and kind of nailed all the thoughts I had for it. Like Isabella scored two touchdowns on Sunday, but saw only four targets, 26 snaps. He's still running behind Larry Fitz. He's still running behind Keyshawn Johnson, even with Christian Kirk on the field. Andy Isabella has been targeted 20 times in his NFL career. He has turned that into 15 catches, 303 yards and three touchdowns. Like get this man on the fucking field. So he's someone I'm looking to stash because I believe in Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. I believe that he knows what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and I believe that a coach who knows what they're doing will put a guy like Andy Isabella in because he's explosive. He's been wildly productive. Um, every chance he gets, he turns it into good. Turns it into fucking goodness, man. It's Willy Wonka on the goddamn football field. So Isabella's a stash. Not someone I'm, you know, just by the snap counts. Like, listen, he's still like a 50% snap guy with Christian Kirk on the sideline. So get excited, stash him, but we're not playing him yet. All right. We're not playing him yet. Let's talk about some defense. Defense. Okay. There's, uh, there are not a lot of good streaming options this week. We have the Rams. They are actually owned in less than 60% of leagues. So you could still pick them up. They're at home against the Giants. And Daniel Jones is just turning the ball over at an absurd rate. He's fucking got a higher turnover rate than like an entry-level fucking business job. 12-point favorites. The LA Rams, 12-point favorites with the Giants traveling across country, beat up on offense, no Saquon, probably no Sterling Shepard. Like, it's just a slam dunk. If the Rams are on your waiver wire, you play them and you don't think twice about it. The other team is the Packers, man. Uh, the Packers are going against the pathetic. I can't believe there are actually Falcons fans out there. That's wild. It's wild that y'all would do that. Packers are seven and a half point favorites. They're also at home. I, you really need to say no more. Like, do the Falcons have Julio? Do they have Russell Gage? Like, question marks at best. Um, so they're my under the radar streamer that it's going to be way more available in leagues than the Rams. So I like the Rams first. They're not available. I like the Packers if you're getting a little bit desperate. And listen, I know a lot of you guys are going to ask, like, what about the Broncos on Thursday Night Football? But, like, while the Jets are the biggest em- – sorry to all you Falcons fans, but the Jets are the biggest embarrassment probably outside of the Falcons. Jets are the worst team, but it's not as embarrassing as what's going on in Atlanta. Fucking stupid Falcons fans, man. <sighs> So while the Jets are in shambles, Denver is too. Like, Denver is probably equally as in shambles. They are so banged up. And here's a tweet from uh, Benjamin Albright, like one of their closer beat reporters. Where are you at? Um, yeah. So the QB's out. The QB2 is benched. Philip Lindsay's out. Cortland Sutton's out. 
Their entire offensive line is fucking in shambles. Their entire defense, more importantly, is out. Like, it is it is a massive problem for Denver. And this is why I'm not jumping on them. Like, listen, they're only like three-point favorites against the Jets. And they have to travel to New Jersey to play. Um, and they might be starting the third-string quarterback. So, like, that's not necessarily going to be great for the flip side of things. I'm not going to fault you for starting them, but I'm not actively pursuing them like a lot of people. I honestly might prefer the Jets defense. I like streaming teams at home. I take that back. Do not play the Jets defense, but you get the point. You get the the vibes that I'm giving out here when it comes to the Denver defense. Uh, I, I would rather I would rather just not play anyone in this matchup and uh, and just not watch the game to be honest and watch it on fucking Game Pass the next morning. That's how I'm looking at this game. It's 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 not it's not good for fucking NFL. I, honestly, it's a really smart business move. Like they just take the shittiest games, and everyone knows Thursday Night Football is all shit. It's all fucking absolute shit product. But you brainstorm, you say, how do we make our shit product one of the highest rated games of the week? How do we take a weakness and make it into a strength? You put it on Thursday Night Football. What other ratings is that game going to get? Zero. So you take the worst fucking game, you put it on Thursday Night Football, and you take a, sh- a weakness and make it into a strength. Business one oh motherfucking one right there by the NFL, man. They're greedy and they're cunts. Sorry, couldn't I couldn't go full app without saying it. But they're smart, okay? And unfortunately, we have to pay the fucking price for them being smart. We're like consumers with just no choice. We're like Apple consumers at this point. NFL might be running more of a fucking strict shop than Apple. You got no choice. You got to buy phones without headphone jacks. You got to buy fucking fucking laptops that don't have USB ports anymore. So you have to. It's fucking out of control. It's out of control. You're a big dogs. We would never do that to you. Okay. So I'm going to plug my shit now. Patreon. Patreon.com. That's where you're going to get our weekly rankings. Where's the box? Where's the box? If you sign up on Patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Not only are you getting our in-season weekly rankings, we'll be updating our Dynasty rankings dropping October 1st. So in two days, you have completely revamped new Dynasty rankings between myself, Mike, and at FBGod. You'll get in-season weekly rankings. You'll get our Dynasty rankings. You will get our waiver wire article, which is going up. It's more in-depth than the bullshit that I talk about in this video. That'll be going up officially in uh, as soon as I'm done with this. So within the next half hour, if you are a Patreon, the waiver wire article will be posted, which we do every week. Um, you will get access to the Q&A live stream where I answer your shit starts and shit on Saturday. That is only available to Patreons. And then you get access to our Discord channel, which is on and popping at all times. A lot of fun in there. I hop in every now and then to talk some shit, but everyone in the community kind of just keeps that afloat by themselves. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful premise. So that's all, uh, that's all I got for Hoodie Nick. Make sure you go sign up on patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed the video. I really would uh, appreciate some more thumbs up because right now we got a four to one ratio. We got twelve hundred of you beautiful, beautiful souls in here, and only two hundred and fifty thumbs up. It's disgusting. It's atrocious. I did this whole thing muted, didn't I? It hurts my soul. If you're on the podcast listening afterwards, also a rating and review would be fantastic. All right, I uh, I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys, and I'll see you. Um, I'm recording. So we did bunk bed already. We did bunk bed breakdowns on Monday, which usually comes out on Wednesday. And I'm recording the Breakout Finder podcast with Ryan and and Nate Liss tonight on the Roto Underworld radio airwaves. And I was thinking about putting that up 
um, I was thinking about putting that up as Wednesday's piece of content. So you could either listen through their podcast or I'll probably put it on YouTube at some point tomorrow. So I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but as always, Thursday's Fade the Public. Actually, Thursday's Fade the Public episode is going to be fucking amazing. We got snacks to basically cry. There were some tears involved. And then uh, Friday, as always, you'll get my rankings video. Um, but if you want my rankings, patreon.com. And Saturday will be the live stream. All right. I'm out. I love you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.